Amen. You may be seated. Never take it for granted how much we appreciate as we ask you to pray for us. That while you're praying, I hear you say the sort of thing that Nanny just said a while ago. Lord, be with Pastor Russell as he speaks. I don't want to be up here by myself. Um, I can assure you of that. I, I have felt like I've done that before. And the closest illustration I can give to it, Sister Shelby, is like trying to walk through a bowl of oatmeal. Um, it is it is hard. Um, thinking about some things that Brother JT said to us this morning in relationship to Psalm 22, secure in our salvation. The Lord came... And once for all, it's not, we're not still offering a sacrifice, not still having to offer sacrifices. The Lord came once for all. He came to take upon himself our sin debt. He came to be put to death for us. He was absorbed, or he absorbed rather the wrath of God for us that was against us. He laid down his life, Brother JT said, for the church, for the church. And he gave himself for it. Why does that, why, what, when we say something like that and Brother Jerry says amen, you know, why? Because there's the sureness of it. There's the certainty of it. It's a thing that God is doing. It's not a thing that man is doing. It's a thing that God has performed and he's going to bring it to a completion. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And I, I, I don't have to worry knowing that I belong to him and I was thinking about a, a, a song we used to sing, Brother JT, when you was preaching up here. I'm so glad I belong to the family of God. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Yeah. Um, yes. So how glad I am and how glad I am that it's not up to me. I've been adopted. You know, Brother JT loves that term. I've been adopted. He's, no, he's my father. And being my father, what would he not do for me? I've been brought into this position. Brother JT, you're trying to, trying to bring us into the, the, the thought of that this morning. Um, you know, thinking about it here with Psalm 22, he's so identified with us. We said last week he didn't become an angel. He became a man. That he might die for mankind. Uh, that he might die for his bride. That he might die for the church. Uh, yes, he died for the church. So thinking about whenever the angel comes to Mary, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You know, somebody called me about these things yesterday, and I was talking to him about it. And You know, we've all been there before, I think. In our minds, as we, as we think about God being sovereign, we think about our salvation and, and we think about these things, and we, we run through them in our minds, and we think about predestination, and we, you know, all sorts of, you know, things come to us. And I told him, I said, look, we don't know who those people are. God does. I said, you go forth, and you preach the gospel unto every creature. You plant, you water, and you look to the Lord to give the increase. And he adds to the church daily, Scripture says, what? Finish it. Such as should be 
saved. He adds to the church. I mean, right after the right after the crucifixion here, you know, Peter's preaching. How many souls were converted? Go ahead. I knew you were going to say it. Three thousand. Yeah, three thousand. That'd be something, wouldn't it? In one day, he adds to the church daily, such as should be. Three thousand in one day. That's that's almost like they're out there with those nets, and and they start dragging it in. They call for help from the shore because the boats were getting so full they couldn't they couldn't hold all of them. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He's not going to leave this work that he's begun in us unfinished. He's going to complete that which he has started. We have been brought by the Lord. Again, these are all things that just came to, you know, things that Brother J.T. said and things that came to my mind as he was speaking this morning. We have been brought by the Lord into the paths of righteousness, right? And he's going to continue to lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. All the way. He's not going to leave us. Not all the way to the end. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you, even unto the end's of the earth, of the world, uh, and, and even unto the end. So, well, let's um, let's just read through verses twenty-one through thirty-one. I won't ask you to stand. And I know I confused Brother Bruce a while ago. He's looking at me like, I think that was going through your mind. Are we not going to read the the passage? Well, yeah. <laughs> the longer the longer I preach to all of you, I start to learn how to read your faces a little bit. Uh, and your responses. Um, verse number 21, save me from the lion's mouth. And, and we read that part because that was the end of where we really were looking at verses 1 through 21. Because then there begins to be a shift and there begins to be a change. And we see that the Lord says, thou hast heard me. We went from thou hast forsaken me to thou hast heard me. From the horns of the unicorns or wild oxen. Um, I will declare, this is where we were last time, two weeks ago, right? I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. I mean, think about that. That is a remarkable thing, isn't it, to read and think about that? That the Lord being in our midst and proclaiming the glory of God in our midst. Um, it's Moses' territory for me. Show me thy glory. You know, I mean, we, we gather together and the Lord's showing us his glory. We sing these hymns, the Lord's showing us his glory. We read the scripture during the week, study on our own, the Lord's showing us, you know, his glory. Brother Bruce Xeroxed off a bunch of pages there and left for me, and I'm sure he brought it to me because what he read in there was the Lord showing us his glory, you know. And so you, you look here, in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Verse 23 says, you that fear the Lord, praise him. You know, these hymns mean anything to you that we're singing this morning? You know? Um, I'm sorry, I apologize. I've been with people. I have a tremendous tendency, whoever I'm around the most, to speak like they speak. So this morning... I used the word acorn. You know what acorn is, Brother JT? Acorn. <laughs> I 
I said that this morning in front of Teresa. She said, you mean acorn? You know? And I said, I said yeah, that's what I said, acorn. You know? And um, I, I told Lydia later, I said, well, she's back there. I told her, I said, it just depends on where you grew up. You know? I mean, if you grew up in Georgia, how would you pronounce it? It'd be pecan. Here, it's pecan. You know? Um, you know, if you grew up in the States here, that's a tomato. You know, if you were in Italy, I guess it would be a tomato. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, any of those would be the same way. Um, then this morning, Abby's standing there, and I said something about <coughs> crayons. I didn't say it like that, though. And she was like, what do you say? Um, crayons, you know. Yeah, but, I, but I told Lydia, this is what I was going to say a while ago. I said, it depends on where you grew up because these trees – that's where we we're at. We're at, the, we're at the farm. I said, these trees that grew here, they were trees that my grandfather planted. And you know what he called them? You know, the things that fall off the tree? Acorns. So it just depends on where you grew up. You know, I can say the word acorn, but I've been around a bunch of people all week long that they are country. A uh, bunch of framers, and they are very country. And so I guess it's still with me uh, as a result. But if I'm around, you know, when I was working in the insurance office and, and I was around, you know, people in business suits and things all the time, then I spoke the way, you know, that they would speak. Uh, if I'm around Hispanic people, I'll tend to do the same thing. I'll, I'll speak in broken English. Um, you know, not you guys, but y'all don't speak that way. <laughs> no, I can't. I would, but I can't speak Spanish. Um, but but uh, anyway, um, ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob glorify him and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat. Now, we had, we had uh, Brother Mike with us. He talked to us about the meek, didn't he? Yeah, he preached a message on the meek. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's. Isn't that good? The kingdom is the Lord's. And he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none shall keep, or none can keep, alive his own soul. And here, verse number 30. I mean, here's, the, here's the certainty. Here's the sureness of our salvation. Look what it says there, a seed. Now, I know probably in um, your Bible, Brother, Brother Donnie, it, it, it may not use the word, a, a seed shall serve him, what does yours have? In verse number 30. Yeah, prosperity. So same sort of thing. I do, I do like the King James rendering here where it says a seed. A seed shall serve him. I guess because I have an affinity for the King James Bible. But, but a seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come. They shall come. There's no if. There's no Maybe. Says they shall. This is this is God's doing. 
And that's what the end of verse 31 is really telling us. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. That he hath done this. This is the Lord's doing. And it's what? Can you finish it? It's marvelous in our eyes, isn't it? This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. What God has done and in and, and, and sending his son and giving his only begotten son, what God has done, it is marvelous. I mean, it's things we said last week that the angels desire to look into. I mean, they're peering into these things. I mean, this morning, they're peering into these things. Um, there, there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner, the scripture says, that's converted. Um, I'm sure the angels are rejoicing as well. I mean, this is glory to God. Uh, he who is holy, holy, holy. We sang that hymn this morning. Um, the whole earth is full of his glory. You think about those pillars that shook and the smoke and all that. The train that filled the temple, you know, they're uh, holy, holy, holy. And the angels with two wings, they covered their face. And with two, their feet. And with two, they did fly. Um, but we left off here last week. This is, that is in Ephesians 4. I'll read this again to you. Ephesians 4, verse number 4 says, there is one body. And when dad prayed this morning... He was actually praying about this sort of thing. He said, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Don't miss that in relationship to where we are. And the Lord saying that he would declare the glory of the father in the midst of the brethren in you all. Think about that in you all. When we hear something, that, that we hear the truth and our heart rejoices. Um, you know, the equivalent of that to me in a sense, you know, would be, would be thinking about John the Baptist in his mother's womb, you know, and he leaped. He leapt inside his mother's womb when he heard the news of the Savior's coming, of the Messiah's coming. Um, and so we hear this truth and leaping within us, you know, as it were, uh, of that, I don't know what that feels like, Brother Bruce. I know you don't either. Um, the women do. The women know what it, what it feels like for, for the baby to kick or, or move. I don't know. Did, did you ever feel Rebecca or any of the kids leap? <laughs> I don't know uh, what that would feel like. But we know. Like, <laughs> something's out here. Okay. Well, we know what it's like, though, as a Christian, don't we? We know what it's like as a Christian to, to feel that joy, that rejoicing within us as we hear the truth. You, you use the word alien. Everybody's thinking about the movie now, Sister Delina, and the thing coming out. You know, I, um, Probably when you're a baby. Yeah, probably. Make you sick to your stomach. Um, not, not, not the experience, is it, whenever the Lord is rejoicing within us. Um, so, but verse number seven says, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I mean, what, what grace has been shown unto us? What grace has been given unto us? What grace has been manifested unto us? Uh, that, that we, that we should be called the children of God. Just to be called the children of God. But that we should know such a hope. That we should have such a joy. That we should know such peace. Uh, Brother JT is reading that passage, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. 
Uh, there's, there's comfort there. When we read things like that, there's comfort in it. Uh, we do have a comfort there, our comfort you know, in, in Christ, our, our, our certainty, our, assurance, our surety uh, that we have in Christ. He says, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And I gave you that image last week, you know, the guy on the horse, you know, leading the, not last week, week before last, but leading his enemy, his captive, you know, behind him, you know, by a rope or uh, something of that sort. But, but um, and gave gifts unto men. And here we enter into what Brother JT was talking to us about this morning, about he gave pastors, he gave teachers. I mean, it says it here as we read further on. It, it, it says that in verse number 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Why? So that they could be full of themselves? So that, so that they could get rich? You know, off of the fleecing the sheep? You know, um, you know why? It says here, it says for the perfecting of the saints. What, what am I doing up here? I'm, I'm just seeking to wash your feet. Uh, I'm, I'm seeking to serve, in other words. I'm seeking to deliver something to you that would be hopefully of some help to you, be of some benefit to you, be, that, that, that you could rejoice in, that you could take comfort in, uh, that you could glorify God as a result of. Um, yeah, deliver what's been, yeah, the same thing that Paul says when he talks about the Lord's Supper. You know, what had been given unto him, you know, he was giving unto us. If that was to be delivered unto me, I'm delivering unto you also. Um, so it's, it is that. Um, but it's for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till what? Till we all come, it says, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that which we will not fully realize. You know, one day we'll know even as we are known, Right? I will not fully realize it, but that, that sanctification process is happening now. Now. I mean, I, the, the person I was talking to yesterday, I was like, I'm so glad, you know, that we're having this conversation. Um, you know, that we're talking about these sorts of things, that these things are being stirred up in your mind, that you have questions about them. Um, I was rejoicing just in that, but till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carrying about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Aren't you glad you're here this morning? I mean, Brother JT mentioned it. I mean, come aside from the world. I mean, this this day I look forward to. Uh, Sister Pat was already telling me it's a day that she looks forward to. Uh, but I mean, leave all that other stuff, you know, out we've had to deal with, we've had to contend with, we've had to fight, uh, you know, with, and come aside. And rejoice in the things that will be our eternity. You know, when, we, when we're in that place where righteousness dwells, um, but you think about this idea of, of giving gifts unto men, um, and we talked about that last week from the, the perspective of it being beyond the pulpit uh, into the pew. Um, the Lord has given gifts unto men. Um, you are a gift 
Every one of us, in some way, we're a gift unto one another. The Lord's put this body here. Now, there's, I know that there is a body, you know, universal around the entire, you know, world. There's a body of Christ that's in every place. I mean, right now, there are other Christians that are meeting, you know, in, in, in our country. You know, there may be others on the other side of the world. They're having evening services, you know, maybe. Uh, but but uh, meeting, you know, all over the world, there's a body. But you are a gift, you know, unto. You're a light unto the world around you. You're salt unto the world around you. you I mean, you are a preserving element to things around you. Uh, how many people, you know, will say things? I mean, we're not to let, you know, anything that's corrupt proceed forth out of our mouths, Right. But how many people do we work with that that's all that comes out of their mouths except sometimes when they're around you and they say, oh, I'm sorry. They know you don't speak that way. I mean, there's, there's a preservative factor. You know, and that's just one illustration. But, but how much is going on in their own minds that we don't know about? Things that we've said to them that come back to their remembrance. I've had people come back to me years later. And I didn't think much about the conversation at the time. But they would say, they've said to me, you'll never know. What that day, I didn't know on that day, but you'll never know what that day the Lord did. It wasn't evident to me at the time, but it was the beginning of something that I couldn't see. You know, here was the, the planning, here was the watering, but there was God giving the increase, and I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. I hadn't been around that person in years and years and years. Work had moved them away, and uh, we worked together at a time, and, and here they come back, and, and they're like, you just don't know what the Lord did that day. Um, I have some idea because I know the Lord did, what the Lord did in me, you know, what the Lord did in them. But, but um, these gifts that the Lord gives, um, you think about the, the preacher, if we're just going to use the preacher as an illustration, um, you hear people say about the preacher, well, he's really a gifted person. Where'd that gift come from? If he is. I mean, if he truly is. I'm not talking about just being a good speaker. But I'm talking about that he blesses the people, that he proclaims the truth. If he is, that gifts come from God. What does that preacher have to boast in? Nothing. None of us have anything to boast in except Christ. You know, Paul said that. If I'm going to boast, let my boast be in him. Let my boast be in him. Preacher has nothing to boast about except Christ. We have no ability of our own. I mean, how much ability do you have to save someone? Um, you know, if you're going to talk to somebody, how much ability do you have? We don't have any. But, but we believe what God's word says. The gospel. It's what? It's the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Yeah, that believe. So he's the vine. We're the branches, right? We're, we're, we're drawing everything that we have, any good that there is in us. It's drawn from him. Uh, any good in me that you see, any good in you that I see, it's Christ. Christ has done that. It's, it's back to the end of where we are in Psalm 22. He hath done this. He hath done this. What was that passage that J.T. read, Jeremiah 3.15? And I will give you pastors according, not to their heart, I will give you pastors according to my heart, God says. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. I will give you pastors. I mean, the, the people chose a king, and they chose Saul. Why? Why does the scripture say they chose Saul? 
He was head and shoulders above the rest. You think head and shoulders got that from him? I don't know. <laughs> but he was the type of king that the other nations around them had. There was something about him outwardly that they recognized and they said, that's the king we want. After that, God gave them a king after his own heart. I will give you pastors according to my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. You think about Peter. He had denied the Lord three times. And the Lord kept saying, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. Um, I, I assure you, without any shadow of doubt whatsoever, that I would not still be standing here. I mean, it's been how many years? 27 years that I've stood behind this pulpit. I wouldn't still be here. If, if it had been me, if it had been something that I, des, I decided to do, well, I'm just, I'd get up one morning and say, I'm just going to start preaching. No. Well, for one, the men that were in charge of the pulpit at the time probably would have said, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, if that was my attitude, you know, and that was my heart, you know, it was because of something that I wanted to do. Uh, because it's something that I wanted to stand up there, maybe like the Pharisees, you know, to, to uh, receive praise, you know, from men, you know, that sort of thing. But I assure you, I would not have lasted. I would not have been able to continue. There are weeks it is hard to find time to study. Um, but my heart is in it. Uh, you know, I, I wake up in the morning and can't sleep. A lot of times I'll walk in there to my study, you know. And there's a lot of times that I'm at my study early in the mornings and it's time to go to work and I have to tear myself away because I don't want to leave. You know, the Lord's, the Lord's speaking, you know, and, and I don't want to tear myself away from it, but I have to. Um, but again, it would be super frustrating otherwise and I would have given up. Uh, but the Lord having called you to do something, you know, of this nature... Uh, you you know at times it's the Lord because you're like, I would not still be doing this if it weren't for him. Um, he's the one that strengthens. He's the one that encourages. He's the one that leads me, you know, in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, he's the one that lays upon my heart, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. I told you I was the kid that sat out there that said, I don't ever want to do that. I don't want to be the person that does that. I don't want to stand behind that pulpit. I don't want to have to to speak, you know, and I was, I was too shy. I didn't want to do those things. But thinking about God coming and speaking into us, and, and JT brought out that passage in Romans 15, the God of hope fill you. I mean, think of it. He's the God of all comfort. I mean, he, God is love. I, I, I picked up a book this morning. I rearranged some of the books in my library. And I, I decided, Brother Jerry, I was going to take from Bentley, I have books by men that I know from Bentley, right? And I guess part of it, too, is the book, you know, that y'all all got this week that Brother Mike, you know, so, so kindly offered. And all that he asked in return was that if it's a blessing to you, tell other people, you know. Uh, but I decided to rearrange, you know, and put all those men that I've known from the camp there that were such a benefit and blessing and, and, and influence upon me. You know, Brother Conrad, certainly. Uh, but one of the books I opened up this morning, it was by Brother Leiter. Charles Leiter, remember him? And inside that book, it says to Russell, 
God is love. Because that was some of the content of what he had written in that book. That love's been shed abroad in our hearts. We wouldn't have that love if it were not for him. And this is all still coming from where we are here in verse number 22. I will declare thy name. Um, these things, these attributes of God are being declared unto us. Uh, how many times have we said this before? We've, we've heard a message. Go back and listen to it 10 years down the road. And how much the Lord has taught us that we've gotten so much more out of it than we did the first time. Uh, and, the, you know, you, you, you thought you knew something when you first listened to it. But you listened to it the second time. Boy, how naive I was. Um, I didn't understand some of the things that were being said uh, at that time that the Lord's now bringing out and showing, you know, unto me. But he says, now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Just like me talking about I wouldn't still be doing this 27 years later if the Lord wasn't in it. None of us would still be following the Lord if the Lord wasn't in it. Filling us, it says here, with joy and peace in believing. We've not seen him. And yet we believe. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, or I'm sorry, let me finish, that you may abound in hope. Are, are you hoping for something? It, it, I mean, we haven't received the fulfillment. We haven't received, we just have the earnest of our inheritance, right? Do we not still have hope? Are we not still looking for the Lord to return? Are we not still waiting and saying, even so come? I mean, how many times do you say that during the week? I mean, things that are going on, even so come, Lord Jesus. Uh, how much better it would be to be with you than to be, you know, here. And yet, not my will, but yours be done. You still have a purpose. I, I want to be, I want to fulfill and carry out that purpose, whatever part that it is that I am to play, you know, in that. Um, you ever taken a watch apart and seen all the little pieces inside? You know, I mean, we have a part to play. We all have a part to play. There's, there's good works that the Lord's given for Brother Bruce to do that it's not for me to do. And there's things he's given me to do. It's not for him to do. You know, there's things that God's given each and every one of us, you know, to do. But that we may be or may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And he says in verse number 14, I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you're also full of goodness. Where'd that come from? It came from God. Filled with all knowledge. Where'd that come from? It came from God. We don't, we don't receive these things naturally, do we? And I think that was the week before last you were talking about that. The natural man, you know, can't, can't receive these sort of things. Uh, they're spiritually discerned. The Spirit of God has discerned these things unto us and given us this knowledge. That you're full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, also able to admonish one another. We can admonish one another, can't we? I, mean, I, I, I mentioned to you two weeks ago how that I got out of the truck and, and my dad just said this to me. You remember what he said to me? It's been a little while, hasn't it? All things for good. That's all he had to say. You know, immediately. There was an admonishment, right? Immediately. The verse comes flooding into your mind, doesn't it? And, and God says, yes, believe. Hope in me. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. You know? You're looking at the situation thinking, yeah, I don't see how any good can come out of this. Well, guess what? God's thoughts are higher than yours. His ways are higher than yours, right? Trust in the Lord. That, that, that hangs in our kitchen. Teresa's got it hanging between 
the uh, the island and the pantry. It's on the wall there. It's kind of out of sight most of the time, but I, I walk by it oftentimes, and I look at that, and I say, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I mean, that's that's a commandment. He's getting, he's saying, trust in me. You know. I say, yes, Lord, I'll trust in you. Like we said, what he's begun, he's going to finish. But it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till all have come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. For the perfecting of the saints, we're not yet perfect. Right? We're not yet perfect. We are being sanctified and conformed in the image of Christ, but we're not yet perfect. I think about passages like 2 Corinthians 4, 6, where it says, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. He shined in our hearts. God has turned this spotlight, as it were, upon our hearts. And he revealed, you know, whatever we came, you know, before him, you know, in, 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 in our guilt of our sin, the condemnation that was upon us. And we came, you know, saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, there was that light that was shown there. And, and the Lord continues to shine into our, our hearts and our minds. He, he illuminates these things. He gives us understanding. Um, if we're doing something we ought not to be doing, guess what? The light's on it, isn't it? Um, the Spirit's shining that light in our hearts. But it says to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What knowledge. What a blessing. I mean, we could be out there in the world this morning and have no care no thought no concern for the things of christ who he was what he what he came to the to the earth to do um just no understanding but he shined and he continues to shine scripture says in his light we see light right we see light you know until that perfect day until that that perfect dawning we're going to continue to see light and continue to see light more and more and more. The Lord's going to give us understanding and shed light upon things for us. We're going to see things in passages of Scripture that we thought we understood before, but we've, we've gone through some things that we can understand it better now. Um, the Lord gives us a greater understanding of it. I mean, we just kind of scratched the surface, as it were, the first time that we, that we read it and thought some things about it. I mean, think about what the Lord says to, to Simon. Who do men say that I am, Remember? And so they said, they say this, they say that. Who do you say that I am? And so Peter's the one that speaks, and he says, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Son of the living God. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou. Blessed art all of us. Blessed are all of us. Why? Because of what he says here. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. I mean, you think about the implications of that. That God himself has revealed these things unto us. I mean, that is just incredible. That is incredible to think about. What is man? Thou art mindful of him. Or the son of man, that thou visiteth him. Uh, but he's, he's, he's given us this understanding. It's, I, I hope that you can be caught up into that like, like I have been this week in thinking about it. But um, remember the Lord said in Matthew 11... I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. For even so, Father, it seemeth or it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, 
neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. How would you ever have gotten there? How would you ever have come to that understanding? We wouldn't have had a clue. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Pilate, what is truth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are. That could have been us. We could have been Pilate. And yet here we are. And the Lord has revealed these things unto us. It's just amazing, isn't it? Uh, no wonder John Newton could write such a song. Amazing grace. Um, so uh, John 6.45 says, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. I have I had some teachers in my, in my past or you know, in school. I, I admired them. You know, they, they had an influence and impact upon my life. I mean, even, even as far back as, as pre-kindergarten, um, that was one of the first people that had a huge impact, you know, upon me. But they were just men and women. This taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Why do we come unto the Lord? Because the Father drew us with cords of love. You know, it wasn't forced. Get in there, pushing us in, shoving us all along the way. No, he drew us with cords and bands of love. Um, but you think about what we learn, what we know of spiritual realities is that which has been revealed by God unto us. By God. I mean, whose ear do you have? I mean, you think about in, in the work you know, world. I mean, we, if you work for an enormous corporation, I mean, probably the biggest corporation that any of us in the room work for would be, you know, in, in, in Donnie's, you know, case. But, you know, there's, there's a president, you know, way up there somewhere. I don't know where is, is he here? And he's probably in France, right? You know, I mean, how hard would it be for, for, for Donnie to, to appear before him? You know, to get on a plane and fly over to France and he'd have to have an appointment. I probably wouldn't let him in, you know, um, but, uh, or the thing about getting before the president of the United States or before some other king or Maraja or something, you know, somewhere else. Who cares? We have the ear of God. We come before the presence of God. We can come before his throne anytime. Anytime. Exactly. I mean, there's not a time of the day that we can't. There's not a problem. God's not going to say, that's really a trivial matter why don't you take that to Pastor Russell? No. No. It doesn't matter what it is. We can bring all things unto him. All of our cares. Yeah. That's as high as they can go. We go beyond. We can't go any higher than where, we, where we're able to go. Uh, we don't need to go any higher. We don't need to go beyond. Um I mean, if they didn't like what the president of their company had to say, there wouldn't be anywhere else to go, you know. But if we didn't like, if Donnie doesn't like what the president of his company has to say, guess what? He has a higher authority to go to. You know, they don't have a higher authority to go to, but he does. He does. Uh, that's exactly right. Think about 1 Corinthians 2. I hath not seen. 
ear hath not heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And don't stop there. The next verse says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And Brother Conrad told me a long time ago, I know you all get, probably get tired of listening to me you know, talk about Brother Conrad. Some of you probably, you know, I, don't even, I didn't know the man. You know. But he would tell me about difficult passages of Scripture. He said, keep applying pressure. Keep going to the Lord. He said, that nut will finally crack. You know, it's almost like, do you want to know? Do, do, do you want to know the, the, the truth of that passage? That I mean, how many times, Brother Bruce, have you picked up a commentary about a particular passage of Scripture thinking that you're going to get some help there and they skipped right over it? Yeah. <laughs> There's no help there. They're like, they're in the same boat that you're in uh, trying to figure that thing out. Um, but... Going on, verse number 11, For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are, think about this, freely given to us of God. Freely. Um, I mean, J.T. talking about liberty. I mean, what? Liberty? Freely given. Freely. I mean, you don't have to come with bags of gold. It's freely given. You don't have to walk on your knees up some set of stairs until they're all bloodied and you get to the top. You know, um, you don't have to sit here and spin this prayer wheel over and over and over and over again all day long until your arm's about to fall off. Um, freely given to us of God. Yeah, it's the subject of Paul's prayer for us that, that he says, After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus... And love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's where it's going to come from. That's where it's going to come from. First John 5.20, And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. When we were going to the book of Acts, and I know Brother JT's seen this up here before. Uh, I think Brother Barney, last time he was here, he actually read it. But we were going through Acts, and I just was impressed by this so much that I just printed it out and stuck it up here. But Acts 10.33 says this, Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. And it's there a lot for, you know, me. I mean, this is... But, it, but it's about you, you know, also as you, as you think about it. But, but um, he's given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. But, you know, all these verses, I mean, they, they, they are really saying the same sort of thing that, that I'm just trying to resound. We've been away from this for two weeks, but just trying to resound. And, and Teresa said something to me. Last week, I think it was, we were talking about my preaching. I, I bounce things off of her frequently. She's like, you take a long time to get started, you know. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm rehearsing some of the things that we've already talked about, adding some things that I didn't get a chance to say last week. Um, hopefully, I'll finish, but I know we're running out of time. But, um, you know, these, these, these things are telling us that our understanding is from him. And I know that we know that. But I, but I want us to be marinated in it this morning and thinking about the fact that God himself, the maker of all things, 
the God of all the universe, has taken the time to speak to you and me. That's incredible. I mean, that thought alone, we ought to say, absolutely, I don't want to be guilty of forsaking the assembly of the saints. You know, Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I mean, we're told not to do that. Well, in light of what we're talking about, why? God's speaking. God is speaking. I mean, I've heard some preachers, you know, put it in terms of you're responsible for what's preached from this pulpit. You know, well, God, the thing about it is God's speaking unto us. God's speaking. I mean, don't you want to be here to hear? I mean, there, I'm not saying that he can't speak to you alone, individually, but there's something more about the assembling of the people of God together. I mean, you know it, right? I mean, would you rather this morning be sitting on your front porch all by yourself with, with your Bible, you know? Or would you, would you like to be in the assembly of the saints? Aren't we an encouragement to one another? You know, aren't we a joy to one another? Aren't we a help to one another? Uh, to be able to, I mean, I could sing on my front. I sing all the time. I, I, I annoy the people in my house who have headaches, you know, because I want to whistle or I want to sing. They're like, please stop, you know. Um, but, but there's more to get together and to sing. I mean, I know we don't all sound like the, um, you know, Mormon tabernacle choir. I wouldn't want to believe what they believe anyway. But, but, but um, you know, we don't sound like that, uh, you know. But we're making a joyful noise. We're, we're praising our God. We're praising our King, aren't we? And together there's, I mean, like I told you two weeks ago, I'm mentioning about Teresa. Sometimes you know she'll stop, and I had to ask her, I'm "Like, are you stopping because of me?" And she's like, "No, I just want to hear the people singing." You, know, you may think she wants to hear all of us singing, you know, <laughs> but that's what she wants to do. She wants to hear us singing, so she stops sometimes. And you, you know why I stop singing sometimes because it gets too high. I can't, I can't get there. I can't get there. But um, or like you know, Donnie's like, you can't hide it when you. Get on the wrong line, you know, because you sing louder than anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But do we sufficiently grasp the reality of what we're talking about here this morning? Um, The reality of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, knowing that it is Christ who is among us. Christ is among us. Christ is among us proclaiming the realities of God unto us. I thought about that passage, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right? Any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You, you mentioned it a while ago. I mean, he was there in their midst. For three years he was there. Their hands had touched him. Their hands had handled him. They sat down and they ate with him. And you say, well, I'm jealous. Don't be. Don't be. He's here. You can sup with him. I think there's a hymn that we sing about that has those words. You can sup with him at any time. Any time. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, you open the door. He'll come in and sup with you and you with him. But to me, these are the things I think about when we think about, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. Um, I think we read this this morning. I think you read this passage, Isaiah 40, verse number 5. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Who's going to reveal it? He is. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. 
these things have come out of the mouth of God. This is our Lord speaking unto us. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. I mean, do we not have cause, reason to praise him for all that he's done for us? Glorify him, it says. You think about, we sang that hymn first thing this morning, I will praise him. That's why I called it out. I will praise him. Praise the lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all you people. For his blood can wash away each stain. But after the Lord was risen, and we talked about that these, these verses as they go forward show, you know, from here to the end of time, um, as it were. But the Lord, when he rose from the dead, he, he goes and he appears. He appears first to Mary, and then he appears to those disciples on the road to Emmaus. And you remember them, they were like, we thought he was the one. He had concealed himself from them. They said, we thought he was the one. And then the Lord begins to reveal, starting in the Old Testament scriptures, he begins to reveal himself, you know, um, you know unto them. And they began to see and they began to understand. Um, and the Lord gives us an understanding. So he has not despised, verse 24 of Psalm 22 says, he has not despised nor poured the affliction of the afflicted. He, he knows affliction. He's not despised the affliction of the afflicted, neither hid, has he hid his face from him. When he cried unto him, he was heard. The Lord was heard. We saw that, you know, there in verse number 21, thou hast heard me. Um, because he was heard, we are heard. We wouldn't have been heard if he hadn't been heard. If he hadn't come and died, we would not have known. We would, we would not have known him. We would not have been able to cry unto the Lord and him hear us. But what an encouragement. Neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. He was forsaken that we would not be. We are heard. This, this is just as incredible as the things we've been speaking about. But John sixteen twenty seven says, For the Father himself loveth you. That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, the Lord told the disciples, The Father himself loves you. You've known, you've known my love towards you. But if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he said to Thomas, isn't it? But he said that the, the, the Father himself loveth you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Verse 25 says, For my praise shall be of thee or come from thee. In the great congregation I will pay my vows before them that fear him. Again, this is the Lord talking about declaring the Father unto not just his brethren, not just unto Mary, and not just unto the disciples on the road to Emmaus and the, and the 40 days you know, that he spent you know, speaking unto the disciples. But he says here, the great congregation. How great is that congregation? I mean, you, we go back all the way to the beginning, right? All the way to the end. That's how great that congregation. In the days of Noah, he was proclaiming himself unto those who would not believe and perished, Right? And today, even, the Lord is proclaiming himself unto a people that live in this generation. And that's being spoken of here in these verses that we're looking at, you know, this morning. But he says that he will declare it unto the great congregation. The meek, verse 26 says, or afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Let me ask you, what are you really satisfied with? Hmm? We went to lunch one day this week, Dad and I did, and... I ordered, you know, this grilled chicken that had pineapples on it, and there was some fried okra and green beans, and and it all sounded real good when I looked at the 
at the menu, but when I got it, you know, he, he even asked me, how was yours? You know, and I'm like, well, chicken was a little rubbery, you know. I wasn't really satisfied, you know, with it. Uh, it. It could have been prepared better, you know, than it was. Well, the things of heaven, Brother JT and we were talking about it, the, the things of Hebrews are better things. There's not going to be anything better. Are you, what, what, what are you satisfied with? We, we sing the hymn, don't we? I'm satisfied with, with Jesus. Uh, I'm satisfied with him. I mean, everything else, doesn't it let you down? Um, doesn't everything else disappoint you? I, I, I know I disappoint, I, I disappoint Teresa. I, I know I disappoint, you know, Ryan. I disappoint my dad, my mom. I, I, I'm sure I've disappointed, you know, all of you at, at some, you know, point maybe. If I haven't, just wait. I probably will, you know. But what are you satisfied with? I mean, these things. These things are the things that were sat. These are satisfying, aren't they? Jeremiah thirty-one fourteen says, "My people shall be satisfied with my goodness." I mean, if I were to say that, that would be <laughs> that'd be obnoxious, wouldn't it? Uh, but this God speak, my people, and the world's not, but you are. My people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. Note, my twice, my people. The church, Brother JT was talking about this morning, my people. And he says, my goodness. That's what we are satisfied with. All the ends of the world, verse 27, shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. You know, I want to think about every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, every nation um, for generations, all the ends of the world, for generations that have come before us, for the generations, whatever those are that may remain. I don't know how many that's going to be. None of us do. But however many more generations remain, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn. Doesn't mean every man's going to remember and turn, but... Generation after generation, there are those who would remember and turn. Uh, those before the cross had to look towards it, right? And remember those things that God had spoken unto them. For those of us after the cross, we look back and remember those things that Christ has done in remembrance of me, right? We remember and turn unto the Lord. All the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. Luke 13, 29 says, They shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and will do what? Anybody? And shall sit down in the kingdom of God. Isn't that something? All these people come and sit down. For the kingdom is the Lord's, verse 28 says, and he is the governor among the nations. Not waiting to reign, he is reigning. The kingdom is, it says, the kingdom is the Lord's. He is the ruler among the nations. The Lord omnipotent reigneth, doesn't he? Verse 29 says, all they that be fat upon the earth. That's something, isn't it? We read that earlier. Did you think about that? All they that be fat upon the earth, it says, shall eat. Well, they're already fat while they need to eat. (laughs) They're already there. Um, All that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none shall keep alive his own soul. All those that be fat upon the earth, what are we talking about? Men that are wealthy, right? Okay, men that are powerful, right? 
all the fat upon the earth. I mean, they're living large, Danny. Huh? Uh, I don't know if that's still a saying or not, but it used to be. <laughs> um, and there, there are men who are rich and great in the earth. They're not denied. Right? Think about it this way. There was a king who was grateful. I've told you this before. You may not remember it, though. There was a king that was grateful for the letter M. Right? You remember that? No? Okay. Let me give you some context. 1 Corinthians one twenty six says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called. Well, take the letter M out of many, and we would have this. How that not any wise man after the flesh and not any mighty or any noble are called. So the king reading that passage of scripture, he said, Lord, I'm thankful for the letter M. Because he was in the nobility, you know, side of things. And if the letter M wasn't there, then he would be disallowed uh, into the kingdom. So we see that those who are fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. Let me just say this. Because I can remember being your age, Danny. And I can remember wanting things. It is a very hard thing to be rich in the things of this world. And people think all my troubles would be, you have more troubles, more than likely. Uh, you know, think about if you had a great big mansion and had just, you know, or a castle and had an enormous number of rooms how many servants are you going to need to take care of all that? I mean, you're not going to do it because you're wealthy. You pay somebody else to do it. And one car is not going to be enough, but you're going to need lots of cars. Now, all those cars need maintenance, and they need drivers because if you can pay somebody to drive you around, why would you drive around? You know. And so you get more and more problems and more and more things to take care of. But the biggest problem is that all those things can turn your heart away from the Lord. Sister Pat and I were talking about this morning. Give me neither poverty nor riches but feed me with the food that is convenient for me in other words put me in a place lord where i continue to trust in you depend upon you know that that the the bread that i have in my hand is bread that you have given and so therefore i give thanks for it and give you the glory for it instead of saying these things like the man i told you about before too that that he'd gone over to his neighbor's house and his neighbor had this big spread, you know, there. Maybe it was Thanksgiving. I don't know. That's coming up, isn't it? And so the man that had come over as a guest, everybody was about to eat. And he said, shouldn't we give thanks? And the man whose house it was said, for what? I worked. I earned my wage. I went to the store. I bought these things. I did this. Why should I give thanks to God? Um, Terrible place to be, wouldn't it? It's where we were. Um, but think about when I think about that uh, none can keep alive his own soul. I mean, there are people, talk about wealthy people, they've frozen themselves, waiting for a cure to whatever it was that was, you know, that killed them. Um, they haven't prevented their death. Um, they're still going to die. Even if I, I don't know that would ever happen, even if they could unfreeze them and thaw them out and fix whatever's wrong with them, they're going to die again. They're going to thaw out. <laughs> they will thaw out. <laughs> yeah. Our only hope is Christ. Verse 30 says, a seed shall serve him. 
Here's a seed this morning. A seed shall serve him. How many generations have gone by? How many generations are there to come? A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. John 6.37 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness. Verse 31 says in Psalm 22, They shall come and they shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. It's still being done, isn't it? Still being done today. And when we're gone, and if the Lord hasn't returned, guess what? It'll still be being done uh, until the Lord returns. They shall come and declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. You know, there was a point at which Catherine was not here. Now she's born. As she grows, Abby... And those around her, Donnie, Delina, Cohen, will declare unto her the Lord's righteousness, right? And that will continue to be done because the Lord's done this. It will be continued because the Lord continues it. Um, just like I was telling you about me standing here. I wouldn't have continued if the Lord hadn't done it. I wouldn't have been able to. I promise you. I told you before, there was one Wednesday night, there was one person here. And I had said not long before that, Lord, I would preach if there was only one person here. And the Lord says, okay, let's find out, you know, if you really will. And I did, you know, I did. But, no. She was, she was, she was actually stuck in traffic. I don't know who, who was being born. She was pregnant with Lydia, and she had gone, I guess she'd gone to the doctor, hadn't you? Um, and she was stuck in traffic and couldn't make it back. The only person that was here, some of you remember him, was Dean Pruitt. And he was, and here I was up here preaching. You know where he sat? He didn't move. He sat right back there where he always sat, where Sister Pat's sitting right now. He didn't come up here. He sat right back there where he always sat. So I had to preach all the way back there to one person, you know. <laughs> he was faithful. He was. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we will we will continue to hold forth the truth um, as ambassadors of Christ. I mean, you, you, I thought about this this morning, Bruce. As ambassadors of Christ, it's as if we have these letters of pardon, you know, to deliver unto those who are in captivity, you know. And we're going about and we're proclaiming, you know, Christ, you know, unto them. Like 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you. You know, now we're coming full circle, right? Because God has been speaking unto us. He's been declaring unto us. And now through us, it says, As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Well, he's done this. I, 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 I had some other things I was going to read to you, but, but they're not necessary. I'll send them to you. How about that? There were just some things that I read this week. I thought I might have time to read. I don't know why. I thought I might have time to read them, but I, you know, I thought I might, but I don't, I don't have time to read them. Um, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, right? 
and for his wonderful works unto the children of men. Oh, taste and see, we tell people. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. But a seed shall serve him. And, and we're going to say, we do say, the Lord's done it. People are going to ask us, why are you different? It's because of what the Lord's done. What is this hope that you have within you? It's Christ. The Lord's done it. It's not me. I didn't read some self-help book, you know, and, and I got to this place. Uh, no, it's something the Lord has done. Um, so the Lord has done it. Glory to his name.